0: Put it <laughs> looking like another Grease Paul night in Philly. Philly, Philly, Philly. yo yo, episode 25. However, you've stumbled across it. Thank you, appreciate you taking part. Stay a while, won't you? It is episode 25. Of the Grease Paul podcast, you can follow along on Instagram at Grease Paul Podcast. Getting close to three hundred followers. Uh, I don't know what that's worth, but you know it's. I guess it's a minor milestone in twenty twenty. So there's that. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Every episode is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars, one star, whatever the hell you feel it deserves. Give it that. Any feedback is better than nothing. Thank you lot to uh lot to get into again as there is every week because this team will wreck your liver several times over stomp on it, piss on it the whole nine. That's just what happens as we now sit at 1-3 and 1. It was wonderful atop atop the uh the perch that was the NFC East for 1 week and we are already we we have relinquished it just like that a week later. So uh yeah, wonderful popcorn farts. But before we get into anything birds related um justin we have we uh we travel a little north of the border for the people this week for gear freaks i'm gonna just say this right out front <laughs> Winnipeg, you know what you've done right you're very bad <laughs> you're very very bad how dare you they uh it's fun because this much like the w n b a episode we went in kind of blind we went you know we went through everything like we do and 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 okay we're going to pick a team at the end Mm -hmm. and i think we both had a leader in the clubhouse in winnipeg and uh i'll spoiler alert that neither of us came away winnipeg fans we hate you they they are on the shit list permanently i thought they've i've lost sleep over them motherfuckers dude (laughs) fuck the winnipeg blue bombers it's such a great name like i don't want to give too much away but like how yes. do you mess that up? You can't. I did, dude, And they, not only did they mess it up, they they shat all over themselves. Yes. And didn't and even. Us? And us. And everybody. And didn't even have the courtesy to wipe. It's just, it's awful. They just shat and sat on your couch and went, yeah, what are you going to do about it? Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> right. You're gone. Get out of here. <laughs> you can fuck all the way off with this trash that you want to call... Uh, that you want to – that's such a good name too, man. It's great. That it name. yeah. great. Yeah. You could, I mean, dude, you, you put those three words, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, on a shirt. Just a shirt. Mm-hmm. Without it even being a jersey. And it's like, yo. I'd, I'm in. Uh, down. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And and then <laughs> you look the gear up and you go, oh, why? You what have you done? It's not even like – it's not even when the – you know when your parents, when you're a kid, give you the – I'm not just pissed off. I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even. I feel like it's like you bypass all of that, and it just goes to like Chris Benoit level rage. Oh, like, how did you get? I mean, probably not Benoit because he was a where he wasn't from Winnipeg. He was from Calgary. somewhere else. That was okay. Calgary, and it, but so maybe he wasn't the best the best uh canadian <laughs> to go there jericho's but winnipeg he is but he's also, he's also wrestling Jericho right now yeah he's also throwing dude with his hands in his pockets into a big ass screwdriver mm-hmm. so he can piss off piss up a rope too and so can his cfl team i would assume he's a blue bombers fan yeah i mean so diving into the cfl well it was fun oh it was a blast so dude. i think you're gonna enjoy the episode i'm just saying like how did don't don't give me Winnipeg Blue Bombers <laughs> and then give me, like, shit on a shingle for, right. for the uniform. Right. You can't. Don't tease us. Don't fuck with our emotions that way. Because we both have an affinity for Winnipeg to begin with. We have discussed that on the Gear Freaks pod. And you take that name, which should, that's five stars that right there. It should be easy. It's so, dude, all you all you really got to do is kind of just think what the Kraken did, kind yeah. of. Only remove the red eyeball. Yeah. And, and you're doing all right. You're kind of there. Don't put gold in there. <laughs> right. Get that there is where to gold in? Uh, god damn it. <laughs> we will get off on a whole nother We will, we, we will. Going. You should listen to the episode, kids. Listen to all episodes. Every uh, episode of the Gear Freaks Pod is available on all podcast podcast platforms. For you to say? I right? It should be by now. Jesus Christ. Um all podcast platforms in the English version. And uh yeah, check it out. CFL episode, it's fun. You can get live reaction of uh what cost Justin and I uh sleep at night in the Winnipeg Blue Blue Bombers Gear. I can't speak, which means it's a perfect time to get into eagle shit. So before delving into what happened at one o'clock yesterday, I did just want to touch on, man, the the Dak Prescott injury because we have, you know, I, I man, the internet and just this this where we live in 2020, man, everybody just wants a reaction. There's that fat fucking piece of shit, EDP, who's the Eagles fan YouTube guy, big black dude with the big ass eyes, who hates every draft pick, who hates everybody, who just does everything for YouTube views. And for some reason, people still like share his shit out there. The guy's a fucking idiot. He doesn't know shit. He's a moron. But people put his shit out there. He comes out and goes, oh, you know, I hope it's career ending. Buried the lead there. Dak Prescott, compound fracture. His foot was facing the complete wrong direction, not the way that God intended it to or anatomy intended it to. And uh, he got carted off the field in tears and understandably so. Um, You know, thoughts, prayers, all that good stuff with Dak Prescott. uh, From me at the Grease Pole Podcast, I don't want to see that happen to anybody. Rivalry aside, you know, man, you don't want to see that happen to a guy you really don't. You know what I mean? Anybody that has ever put on the pads, you hate to see that shit. If you're if you're a Twitter troll or Facebook guy, then then it's funny to you and you can turn it into a meme and you're a piece of shit. But anybody that's ever done this for any competitive level, you know the risk and you hate to see that shit happen, man. Because you know, you know again, just the contract situation. I'm not going to make this too much about Dak Prescott and the fucking Cowboys here, but I had to touch on it because it took off just from the idiotic, you know, portion of the fan base, which isn't much. Most of most of what I saw was support from Eagles Nation for Dak Prescott, including our quarterback Carson Wentz, which was nice to see. And that's what any decent human being does. Again, it doesn't not to sidebar too much into politically what's going on right now, but like it doesn't take. It's, it's really not that hard to condemn white supremacy. It's really fucking not. Just like it's not hard to go, man, you know, I hate the Cowboys and fuck their fans too, but I don't want to see that happen to a guy. Like, you don't. If you sincerely think it's hilarious and it's it's fun fodder for you, you're an ass. You're a piece of shit. You're miserable as fuck, and you deserve to be curb stomped into oblivion by watching another human being suffer because he happens to play for a team that you hate because geographic location. Okay? Now mind you, I hate the Dallas Cowboys more than just about anything in this fucking world. Still don't want to see that, man. Again, you you your heart breaks for a guy, man, that that you know, by all accounts is a great dude, you know, <laughs> been through some tragedy in his personal life. It just come out you know, and, and, and spoken about mental illness for Christ's sake. And, and that takes a lot, man, that takes a lot to do. And you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. You have that as a platform. That takes a lot to be that vulnerable in public. And then this comes out and happens. Just, just feel terrible for the guy, man. I hope he gets back. I really do. You know, I, again, when he gets back, I hope he takes L's to the birds. I'm not going to lie, but Man, I hope he gets back. I really do. Best wishes to number four, Rain Dakota Prescott. Get better. So, now that we've got that out of the way, and let me just clarify, I I feel bad for Dak Prescott, but I do not feel bad for Cowboys fans. There, I said it. Because how many times did you turn our quarterback into a fucking meme? You know, oh, it's hilarious. Wentz can't stay healthy. He's hurt all the time. Blah, 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 blah. And now... Now what happens to Dak happens, and it's, oh, it's not funny anymore. And, again, it's never funny, to be clear. It's never funny. You know what I mean? But, you know, let's easy glass house is all I'm saying, and that's that's a, that's a staple of Cowboy fans is uh, a former album by Billy Joel. So on to the birds. Now you go into yesterday's game, and you're thinking, okay, Pittsburgh is undefeated. They're coming into this 3-0. and We're on the road. You know, it's an interstate game. Not Don't really have to travel a ton. So we go to Heinz Field. Pittsburgh's 3-0. and But they had last week off because the Tennessee Titans fucking ruin everything. The reason we can't have nice things. They took the Oilers away from us. Now they're infecting the entire league with fucking COVID. Fuck them for life. Fuck the Titans forever. Get out of here. So Pittsburgh was on a bye last week. And so you have Pittsburgh coming in, you know, they haven't played in two weeks. You don't know what you're going to get. Different teams react different off the bye. So you're thinking, okay, you know, let's, let's see. We're coming in off this big emotional win. Yay, we're in first place. Let's keep it rolling. And, you know, to start, it, you know, things start slow for the most part. Miles Sanders busts off a big run. You know, it's one of those deals, back and forth, back and forth. Every game is a heart attack with the Eagles as it always is. You can never just come out and get the sh- beat the shit out of somebody because that would make life easy and you could happy drink in the second half of a game and why the hell would you ever want to do that as an Eagles fan. So, um big controversy at the end of the first half as, you know, the Birds are down 17-14 and Wentz throws an out route to Travis Fulgham along the sideline, ODU alum, and he steps out of bounds with a minute and five seconds left. Clear, clear as day, steps out of bounds. And the clock continues to run. The clock continues to run. Nobody notices. The birds get up the line. They snap the ball. It's 46 seconds left. So you figure that error cost the Eagles 19 seconds, basically 20 seconds, which is fucking crucial. That's That's a – that's a couple plays right there. It's at least one, at least, if you're able to get it down. The, you know what I mean? Think about the way the half ended with, with Wentz throwing that ball to J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, him catching it down there in the red zone but not, being, not getting out of bounds. You know, they're able to get down there and spike the ball if, and even take a shot or two if you had those 20 seconds back on the clock. So the birds got fucked there, you know. I, I, I'm not going to be referee guy. I'm really not. There was a lot of that yesterday. There were some goofy, weird P.I. calls on Darius Slay. But, again, I've made fun of Cowboys fans for being that way, and I I will always – guy that blames the refs, unless we're talking like Saints-Rams a couple years ago, NFC Championship level egregious, which that was, that clock error. I would put that kind of in that conversation because that's just as fundamental as it fucking gets. But I don't want to be ref guy that dwells on the refs. I really don't, because at the end of the day, the bottom line is don't be in a position where, as Jimmy Johnson uh, told the Miami Hurricanes against Notre Dame years ago, do not be in a position where the refs can affect the outcome of the game. Bottom line, and that I, that may be the 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 coach in me that used to coach, you know, the former coach. Do not do not give the refs an opportunity to fuck the game up. Bottom line, do your job. So. That sucked a fat one, obviously. And, you know, the Birds end up losing this game, man, Thirty nine, excuse me, 38 uh, to 29. You know, they come back, man, make it competitive. Peterson kicks a 57-yard field goal. Jake Elliott misses. You know, <laughs> I guess Carson Wentz is a fucking kicker now, too, because he's got to get blamed for everything, even though, again, I thought overall he had a damn good day- game yesterday. I did. You can – you know, you can say what you want about the pick, and I get that Carson Wentz now had eight picks through five games. It's it's the most through five games in Eagles history since Randall Cunningham in 1985, which was Randall Cunningham's rookie year. So it does not look good on paper, but more on that interception in a minute. I'm just throwing it out there now. If you blame Carson Wentz for this game, you're a moron. Fuck off. Miles Sanders early on busts off a seventy four yard run on a draw play third and nine, and it's just it it man, it was beautiful to see him take off and 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 take that play to the house now he finishes the day with eleven carries and eighty yards that touchdown run he had to make it seven seven to tie it up was like i said seventy four yards so he only got six yards on ten carries after that. Now, again, and credit Pittsburgh's defense, man. We all know the Steelers have a good defense. We know this. But why is Miles Sanders in a game that, eh, you know, they were up by, you know, two scores and shit, but it was never it, – it, we weren't – this team was not looking at a 31-6 deficit. Doug Peterson's lack of ability to stick with the run game is egregious. When my, Miles Sanders should be getting at least 20 touches a game, at least. And he's averaging 14 in his career. 11 yesterday, so under the average. All these wasted carries on fucking Boston Scott and shit. It, it, you can't – Miles Sanders is a guy that is every bit as capable of being a top 10, even borderline top five running back in this league, my opinion. There's nothing he can't do. But you got to give them more than fucking 11 carries a game. You have to. Because the running game, you got to. everybody's not going to bust off a big run. You know what I mean? You got to keep chipping away at it. And if you're an offensive lineman, which is what I played growing up, offensive, defensive lineman, if you're an offensive lineman, you prefer to run block as opposed to pass block because you can fire off the ball and hit somebody. You're not staying at home. I wanted every play to be a run play. You know, I I – it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts seeing Doug Peterson abandon the run every single game. Every single game. Doesn't matter the score. He just refuses to do it. He refuses to stick with it. And, you know, again, it's it when you have a guy like Miles Sanders, man, it's frustrating as fuck because there's nothing that he can't do. Passing game, run game, he can do it all. Now, the big story of the game, the Travis Fulgham experience – this is a guy, you know, and I it, is, is this is going on yesterday, and, and I'm watching this in just amazement of, holy shit, this kid is good. He can play for real at this level. He's earned himself a full-time roster spot, point blank. This is a guy that got bounced around a little bit. You know, got drafted out of ODU by Detroit in the sixth round last year, ended up you know, bounced around a bunch of teams practice squads, things like that. We ended up picking them up from Green Bay's practice squad, I believe. This is a guy who's earned himself a full-time roster spot point blank. You cannot bench this guy in favor of Al Jeffrey or Deshaun Jackson when they return. You can't do it. First of all, Deshaun Jackson, get the fuck out of here. I I wish I had this podcast three years or a couple years ago when we brought back Deshaun Jackson two years ago, so that I could have been able to pat myself on the back, Barry Horowitz-style, and go, I fucking told you all these people. I don't understand why the fan base loves this guy so much. I really don't. I really don't. You know, Miracle of the Meadowlands Part Two was great, but other than that, the fuck is he done? He's just dead cat money. And he's still on the team, and he's dead cat money. He never plays. He never fucking plays. So there is no way that they should sit 13 in favor of number 10. Whenever the fuck he gets healthy, if he ever does, I I don't give a shit at this point. You know, but Travis Fulgham yesterday, okay, had as many catches as JJR Sega whiteside had his entire rookie year last year. <laughs> Fulgham finished with a stat line of 10 receptions for 152 yards and a touchdown. He was the only receiver yesterday. Go back and watch that game. He was the only one that every play consistently created separation. Every single team caught everything that went through his way. Everything just about. Highest pro football focus grade from week five going into tonight's Monday night football game belongs to Travis Fulgham. And for good reason. He showed out yesterday and you love seeing a guy with that backstory, a walk on at ODU. You love seeing a guy. It just makes you feel good, man. It makes you feel good. He is now a cult hero in Philly. It, it I don't want to say it doesn't matter what he does for the rest of his career, but in, unless there's, you know, an aggressive level of offensive. He's a cult hero for life in Philly. Point blank. Jeff Garcia status. The whole nine. Love Travis Fogum. I am obsessed with that guy now. I'm gonna order his fucking jersey. I was just thinking the other day, like, man, I haven't bought, you know, try to get a new jersey every year. how ah, do I'm gonna do Miles Sanders. I did Jalen Rager, he's been hurt a lot, blah, blah, blah. Travis Fogum, my decision was made yesterday, you know, fourth quarter, watching him play his ass off. So he was the bright spot of yesterday's game. By far the best offensive player on the field, at least on the perimeter. Uh, In the passing game was Travis Fulgham, who was not with Zach Ertz, and I I find it laughable at this point and honestly offensive, to be real about it, that Zach Ertz would want Travis Kelsey and George Kittle money when like he's had multiple games now with one or two catches, multiple games in a row consecutively with one or two catches. Where he just kind of disappeared. I think he had four catches last week against San Francisco. I lie, but those four catches I believe totaled nine yards. So, what the fuck? Travis Kelsey and George Kittle never completely vanish from a game. You think they don't get? You think they don't get double covered and triple covered and and have safety help over the top on them? Of course they do. Of course they do. But. That happens to Zach Ertz, and he goes bye-bye. He, the the pick that went through yesterday, okay? People are going to hate on Wentz and blame it on Wentz because he's a quarterback, and that's become the lazy thing to do now is blame 11 for everything. But at the end of the day, the reason that pick happened, if you it, to me, the way it looked to me, I haven't gone back and watched it yet, but it looked to me like he quit on the route. It looked to me like he quit on the route. he got bumped off the route and and he just he just stopped and you can't you cannot be a guy Zach Ertz's size and be that easily detoured. This guy is soft as baby shit I don't he just he must not care he must not care his body language is shitty <laughs> at this point I mean, and I know his trade value is not as high as as it once was. I would try and get a game or two out of him and then I'd try and ship him off for a for a second round pick if I'm being honest. he, he it, th- there is this is this is going too far at this point. this has gone too far at this point. And again, to go back to Travis Fulgham, who is fucking amazing, love the guy cold hero status now in Philly best guy on the field yesterday for the most part when when, when, when a guy like that a walk on, that's been on the field for, for two – that's been on this roster, excuse me, for two weeks is making more of an impact than your all-pro tight end who wants a contract extension, you can fuck all the way off with that, wanting more money. You're not worth $13 million if you can't – if you just completely vanish from a game. You're not. You get bumped off a route and you quit. You pout. No, man. I, I – I, That's what I would do if I'm not trying to be armchair podcast GM guy, but I think at this point the clock is ticking if you're Howie Roseman. You got to start. Dallas Goddard you have on the roster, of course, injured. He's on it. He's going to come back. I – you know – the fucking roll with Richard Rodgers for a couple of weeks until Goddard's ready to go. I, at this point, the Zach Ers thing to me is getting too deep-seated. It's going to get worse and worse the less he's involved and the less he can get open. He doesn't seem like he gives a shit at this point. I'm not in his head. Maybe I shouldn't accuse him of that. I don't know, but to me, it looked like he got bumped off the route yesterday and just quit. Point blank. You also have and again, I, I I've said this before when it comes to the, the Carson haters. I don't the people that call for somebody's job and don't have a replacement in mind irk the shit out of me. But I'm going to be I'm gonna be that guy right here. Because Jim Schwartz also, Jim Schwartz needs to go. Now I have not looked into yet because I'm fucking packing up everything that we own. And our current house is a disaster until we, you know, move into the one we're buying this coming Friday. If all goes well, I haven't looked up available defensive coordinators yet. But I'll tell you this much, man. Jim Schwartz, you cannot have – this defense has looked absolutely horrendous despite the fact that the secondary has been addressed a little bit in free agency. Darius Slay, Nikel Roby Coleman – you know, Jalen Mills is just junk. Get him out of here. He is – He name something, Jalen – hit me up on Instagram, at Podcast. Name something Jalen Mills has done this side of breaking up that pass against Julio Jones in the divisional playoff the Super Bowl year. Has he done anything since? Anything. Other than move to safety, they move him back, and he changed his fucking number from 31 to 21. That's all he's done. I'll wait. The defensive line continuously gets pressure because that's what they do. It's the strength of this team. He doesn't. He doesn't bring extra pressure nine times out of ten. This fucking zone coverage shit. And when you allow Pittsburgh went ten for fourteen on third down, zero incompletions for Ben Roethlisberger on third down, zero. I think he had. I don't know how many attempts he had on third down offhand, but it was a lot. Again, ten for fourteen, I believe, on fourth. Excuse me, on third down for Pittsburgh. That is fucking inexcusable. You're not going to You have to get off the field on third down. You have to. You keep. You keep seeing that they're going underneath these quick boom boom hitch routes, slant routes, and and you're going to keep playing guys ten yards back on his own. I mean, what? I get guys have a philosophy, man. I understand that. And, again, I've coached before. I get you have your philosophies and your beliefs and shit. But it gets to a point where you need to go, God damn, what I'm doing is not working. I have to adjust. I have to adjust. You don't play games on paper or on a whiteboard. You don't. The one on the field, and sometimes the field doesn't translate to what happens in the film room or on the whiteboard. and It just doesn't. And it is your job as a coach to adjust. And he fails to every single time. And he might as well hold double middle fingers up to the camera to the entire fan base because that's exactly what the hell he's doing when he puts Nate Jerry on Chase Claypool, who has already caught three touchdowns in the game. Three touchdowns to that point. And you put fucking Nathan Jerry... The closet racist on 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 Chase Claypool, a guy that runs a 4-4-240. Nate Jerry ran a five four or excuse me a five four eight. That second and a half matters when you're trying to cover a guy and you have no help over the top and the game is on the line. Again, he had three touchdowns at that point. That was his fourth, and that's what sealed the game. Nailing the coffin for the birds was that was that move right there. You cannot. I you have you brought in Nikel Roby Coleman who grades out as one of the best slot corners in the NFL, and you put a fucking white linebacker on Chase Claypool. There has to be. There's got to be a, a a a mental deficiency there for Jim Schwartz. You can, you can do the intense, you know, you put your hands on your knees and whatever the fuck, you can look whatever, and that's fine, you know. But, God damn, man, it, it, it's the same thing every week. This team has now given up so many points. And and for a team that, mind you, this is a defensive line that can get after you. That can get after you. That can, you know, cause turnovers. Make sacks. If you just have a secondary that can do its job collectively, you You can get – there's such thing as a coverage sack that if a quarterback – it happens to Carson Wentz all the fucking time. You can have a quarterback dancing in the pocket a little bit, looking downfield, looking downfield. If your corners and your safety, your secondary buys you that extra second, maybe not even a whole second, sometimes that's all it takes to get home to a quarterback but you can't do that with Jim Schwartz when guys can't stop a nosebleed back there except for Darius Slay who god love him plays his ass off and I'll give him a couple you know if I were him I'd be banging my head through a brick wall right now god damn I'm playing my ass off for these guys and it, we're allowing fucking 38 points four touchdowns to the same guy a rookie a rookie and Jim Schwartz you know I I He'll have his presser tomorrow. Doug Peterson came out after his press conference yesterday, and just it—the body language by Doug Peterson was just god awful, god awful. I don't know. You can sit there and you can stare into the stare to the ceiling and and roll your eyes and have a red face. What the fuck did you think was going to happen again? You can't, man. It, at some point, there needs to be accountability for this coaching staff as well. You can't. The issues with this team—it's not eleven, man. It's not Carson Wentz. The issues with this team run deeper than that. It is a Doug Peterson front office problem at this point. I believe the more this shit continues. Now again, a lot of injuries, man, there is. But I'm I'm not falling back on that as an excuse. You have to have I mean, man, you you scored 29 yesterday. On the Steelers defense is pretty good. But it doesn't matter when you allow 38. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. Again, I I did not uh, I I neglected to do my research on free agent NFL defensive coordinators. I will do so, you know, before I officially call for Jim Schwartz's job, you know. But it, so I came in ill prepared there because of personal you know busyness. But I I will say this, man. It it if he's got to. If shit doesn't improve, man, you can't keep you can't keep doing this. It just gets to a point where. It, you gotta shake something up, and everybody that wants Carson Wentz to be the piece that shook up, you're a fucking idiot. if you think Jalen hurts is gonna come in here and 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 be the the white knight and save this team with all its injuries and Nick Foles is not happening again. oh, it's happened again yeah, okay, it ain't happening again. start understand that that Super Bowl two years ago was lightning in a bottle It ain't fucking happening again at least until things get corrected this team is not collectively what everybody thought it was it's not so until something gives these coaches and their egos and shit until, some, until those get out of it Doug Peterson oh, I gotta call plays let Deuce call plays at least then we'll run the goddamn ball cause you know Deuce would want to pound the rock and you, the O-linemen would love that shit but so long as we got Doug He's going to feel the need to pass it all over the place because he's still insecure that he was a backup quarterback his entire fucking career. And he's carried into his coaching career, and now it's affecting this team. It's one of the things that's affecting this team. Do not give me Carson Wentz anymore. I'm not hearing him as an excuse his team lost. I refuse to. Look no further than the ego of Jim Schwartz. Look no further than the ego of Doug Peterson and him thinking because the Philly special – Worked and he won a Super Bowl that he's going to parlay that into a forever gig, and it's not going to fucking work that way. Not if this keeps going. What are your thoughts? Hit me up on Instagram at Grease Podcast. Your thoughts, your comments, your input is uh, always welcome on all things Eagles. Um, appreciate you tuning in. Next week, um, not sure yet if it's going to be a super busy weekend for your boy uh birds play baltimore next week so i might be kind of bent up on monday depending on how that goes but uh a lot going on with this house situation things like that so the plan is to have episode 26 uh drop next week as usual on monday but um things are fluent depends on how the weekends go if all goes well uh episode 26 will be happening next monday but again follow on instagram at Podcast. That is where announcements, things of that nature come up, plus my opinions on all things birds. I'll be picking that up a little bit as well after I get on the backside of of just having nightmarish amounts of cardboard boxes everywhere in my life. I hate cardboard. I hate recyclables. I never want to see them ever again. But I do want to see you back here either next week, hopefully, more than likely, or for the next episode. I appreciate you taking part in this one. Baltimore is going to be a tough one. Two, three, and one is a little better than one, four, and one, I guess. Like to get to 500 eventually. That tie hopefully will come in handy. Andy Dalton is now starting the rest of the year for Dallas, unless something happens to him as well. Again, get well deck. And I will see you here next time. Follow me on IG at Grease Paul Podcast for episode announcements. That's where I will let you know about next Monday. Either way, whether I'm here or not, fucking go birds. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? looking like another Grease Paul night in Philly, Philly, Philly.